I'm glad you're joining us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. I'm host Carrie Freeman coming to you from Atlanta in September of 2022. Today, we're going to be talking to UK conservationist and bird expert Lucy Haskell about BirdLife International's recent State of the World's Birds Report, as it paints the most concerning picture for the natural world yet, finding that nearly half of the world's bird species are in decline. That's nearly half. But it also highlights the critical solutions we desperately need to save nature if we can urgently garner the political will and financial commitment to implement these solutions at scale and pace. Let me first introduce my guest and her organization. In order to save the planet, nature, and species, the organization BirdLife International uses their seminal bird science, collecting and analyzing data from around the world to implement the most effective and innovative conservation measures possible for bird species and their habitats. BirdLife International is the official scientific source of information on birds for the IUCN Red List, which is the International Union for the Conservation of Nature uh, Red List of Threatened Species. BirdLife International is made up of a global family of over 115 national partners covering all continents, landscapes, and seascapes. Their vast network of over 2 million birders, scientists, and local volunteers helps them to track, follow, analyze, conserve, and understand every bird species in the world. This means they strive to protect birds wherever they fly, feed, rest, and nest. Their website is birdlife.org.org, and it has really gorgeous images of, of birds and their habitats on the website. Our guest today is bird expert Lucy Haskell, who grew up in rural Cambridgeshire, England, where she first discovered her passion for birds while volunteering at her local nature reserve. After completing an undergraduate degree in biological sciences at the University of Oxford, Lucy traveled to the Galapagos Islands, where she helped to monitor land birds and research the impact of an introduced bird species on native bird populations. On returning to the UK, Lucy completed a master's degree in conservation and biodiversity before working for a year as a wildlife ranger in the Scottish Highlands. That sounds awesome. In 2020, Lucy joined BirdLife International as a science officer to work on the State of the World's Bird Report project, most recently leading the production of the State of the World's Birds 2022 report, which is what we'll be discussing today. Welcome, Lucy. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. First, what kind of birds in your home country of England really inspired your passion for bird conservation? Well, as you said in your little introduction there, uh, what first got me into birds was volunteering at my local nature reserve. And I'll be honest, we didn't have lots of particularly rare birds there. It was mostly quite quite common birds. So things like blue tits and blackbirds, which are all over the place here in the UK. But I... I found so much enjoyment in just sitting in a hide and watching these watching these birds, watching their behavior, watching the way they interacted with each other. And I think actually one of the bird species that first got me uh, into sort of conservation and, and got really, really into, into bird watching. It was a little songbird that we have here in the UK called the nuthatch. Um, and that's a songbird that lives in oak woodland mostly. Yeah. And there are a few of them around where I grew up, but not many of them. And I always had terrible luck with seeing them. Yeah. And my my older brother was also very into birds. And he and I started a competition of who could see a nuthatch first. 
Uh, and I'm ashamed to say he saw one before me, which was a real shame. <laughs> but I think it was that little nut hatch that really got me very excited about birds and bird watching and made me want to learn more about the world of, of birds and bird conservation. And I have to say, I'm very inspired by the beautiful shaggy white bird who is staring at us on the cover of your report. His eyes are like the color of ice. And then there's just, I'm trying to describe it for our listeners. And, and then surrounded, his eyes are surrounded by bright orange skin. And then he has a long charcoal gray beak and he looks like a pelican, but I don't really kind of know who, who he is. Lucy, can you tell us what you know about that bird on the cover? Yeah, you're absolutely right. He is a pelican. He's actually a Dalmatian pelican. And we chose this this particular bird species for quite a specific, specific reason. Not only is it an absolutely striking picture that I think sort of looks into your soul, uh, but this particular bird species is unfortunately suffering significant declines as a result of the current outbreak of avian flu. So, uh, for example, the, the Balkan population has declined by about 40% in the last year as a result of that avian flu outbreak. So it, it looks into your soul and I think it's telling us that we need to do something about this crisis that we're facing at the moment. Right, It's because the, the, when you open the page of the report, you're gonna get overwhelmed with you know, like all the birds around the world and all the, the situations that we're, we're facing, but it is nice to start off on that personal note, I guess, with the connection with that that one bird. And what is the goal of the State of the World's Birds Report that gets compiled by BirdLife International every four years? Is it like policy change or like who's the report for? Yeah, so State of the World's Birds is BirdLife International's flagship science publication. As you say, it's published around every four years and it brings together BirdLife's own data on species and important sites for conservation alongside the wider scientific literature from the last few years and the knowledge of our partners from over 115 countries. It brings together all of that data and knowledge to provide an insight into the conservation status of the world's birds, the pressures they face, and the solutions needed to protect them. And our main audience is decision makers and policy makers, because at the end of the day, I think they're the ones that we really need to make those transformational changes that are necessary. But it's also targeted at anyone with an interest in birds. We try and make yeah. it very um, accessible, very engaging, so that it even someone just, just with a slight interest in birds can open it up and find something in there that will interest them and help to kind of educate them about the plight of the world's birds. Yeah, it's very graphic and all kinds of maps, and it's very engaging to, to look at and quite beautiful, actually, so... Um, and before we get into the details of finding out some solutions to problems, how would you summarize the findings from the 2022 report on the state of the world's birds? So unfortunately, uh, the news isn't great. The, the data presented in the report paint a really deeply concerning picture. So nearly half of the world's bird species are in decline, while only 6% are increasing. And these declines mean that one in eight of the world's bird species is now at risk of extinction. Wow. And we're finding that that risk of extinction is escalating. So more species are deteriorating in status than improving in status. And what that means is that we're likely to lose many more species in the coming decades if we don't take action soon. But the report also talks about the pressures driving those declines. 
But most importantly, it also talks about the solutions needed to tackle those declines and tackle this general biodiversity crisis. Right. And so I think that's a really important aspect uh, to the report <laughs> is that there's just so much there that kind of can help us. Um, one of the facts I read, it said since this is kind of for our um, American and Canadian uh, listeners here, since 1970, nearly three billion birds are estimated to have been lost in North America alone. And, and what does that mean? Does that mean there there's three billion like, okay, when I was born, like about 50 years ago, were there 3 billion more individual birds of various species flying around the US and Canada? Is that? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what that means. Whoa. So 3 billion individual birds, and that's nearly 30% of all of the birds in North America. So we're talking about a huge number. Um, but interestingly, most of that, that sort of loss has occurred in a relatively few species. And they're actually quite common species. They're not they're not um, species that are, are currently at least globally threatened. They're species that used to be extremely common in North America, but have suffered these significant declines and are now have drastically depleted populations as a result of that. So they're just not thriving. It, it may be, I'm assuming, like because they don't have enough clean habitat to survive or safe places free of dangerous interactions with humans or in our buildings, planes, trains, and automobiles? Absolutely. So there are there are lots of pressures driving these declines, um, not just in birds, but in all biodiversity. Um, but birds can sort of act as biological indicators that, that show us these declines and also tell us about the pressures driving those declines. Yeah. And let's get into some of that because your report details many drivers of decline in bird life. And, and most of them are human caused activities. So according that to me means we're morally responsible for enacting needed solutions. Could you just read a list of the drivers of decline first, and then we can discuss a few of the major ones in a little bit more detail? Absolutely. I mean, I won't go through the full list because unfortunately there's there's quite a lot of them, but um, some of the most important ones uh, that we identified are the expansion and intensification of agriculture. So that affects about three quarters of all globally threatened bird species. Mm. Unsustainable logging and forest management. Uh, we lose about seven million hectares of forest every single year, and that's impacting about half of globally threatened bird species. Invasive species, so things like cats and rats that have been introduced by humans either deliberately or accidentally, uh, and then can have really huge impacts on native bird populations. So invasive species have been responsible for over 40% of all known bird extinctions to date. So they're a really key driver of those extinctions, particularly on oceanic islands. Uh, hunting and trapping is a, is a really big threat, particularly in, in certain parts of the world. So birds are hunted, particularly for the pet trade, uh, for example, in, in Indonesia, um, on the Isle of Java in Indonesia. There are now thought to be more birds in captivity than in the wild, which is a, a truly astonishing statistic. So sad. Um, and, you know, elsewhere they're, they're hunted for food or for use in traditional medicine. So that's, that's another really key threat. And of course, climate, trade, climate change is rapidly becoming one of the greatest threats to, to all global biodiversity. 
and it's one that's likely to pose even greater challenges in the future. Um, and most species are impacted by multiple of these threats. Yeah. And the threats will often interact to put even greater pressure on those species. So those are the sort of the top five things that are, that are driving bird declines globally at the moment. And one of the main drivers of bird loss and death and something a lot of us might not think of, but you guys uh, in the report uh, mentioned it fairly prominently was agriculture. And then I'm going to group fishing in there because that was mentioned as well, because that's an, like an unsustainable way that we're growing and catching certain types of food for humans. And can you explain why that's a problem for birds? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of agriculture, um, a significant proportion of the world's land area has been converted to agriculture. And there are some bird species that, bird species that really thrive in low intensity farmland. But what we're seeing is a gradual use of increasingly intensive farming methods. So things like mechanisation, increasing use of pesticides and fertilisers, yeah. uh, conversion of grassland to cropland. And all of these things drastically reduce the suitability of these farmland habitats for birds and for other wildlife. And that's led to significant declines in farmland birds right around the world. So, for example, in North America, about 74% of farmland associated species declined between 1966 and 2013. Mm. And many of those declines coincided with a period of rapid intensification of farming practices. So that's what we're seeing in terms of, um, of agriculture. In terms of fishing, um, seabirds are one of the world's most threatened groups of birds. About 30% of seabird species are considered globally threatened. Uh, and one of the greatest drivers of declines in seabirds is bycatch from fisheries. So this occurs when seabirds go to scavenge fishing baits or fish discarded from a fishing boat and they become hooked or entangled in fishing gear or they collide with trawler cables. Um, and unfortunately that often results in drowning and hundreds of thousands of seabirds are killed in this way every single year. Right, that's something you don't see at the grocery store when someone's buying fish, you know, like all the other dead animals that kind of were in, in the wake there. Now, and how, how could we, how does your report talk about turning this problem with our food system into solution so our agriculture and, and maybe if we continue fishing uh, those practices are more bird supporting than bird killing yeah so i think there are various things that need to happen in this particular area i think um one of the biggest things that needs to happen in terms of agriculture is reforming the incentives so particularly here in the in europe um, and in the uk we have the the common agricultural policy um which really doesn't do a good job of rewarding farmers for being environmentally friendly. Mm. Um, it's sort of rewarding them for pr producing as much food as possible. Uh, yeah. And that's what's sort of driving, driving these declines. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So I think um, reforming incentives is, is a really big part of tackling the, the agricultural issue. In terms of, of fisheries, we do actually have quite a lot of sort of answers to this already in terms of there are a lot of um, mitigation measures that have been developed. So uh, things like um, bird scaring lines, which are these sort of 
colorful streamers that you can let out um, at the same time that you let out the lines and they they scare the birds away from the line so they don't get um, tangled on the hooks. Yeah. Um, and other things like setting the nets and lines at night rather than during the day. The vast majority of seabirds forage during the day. So if we're setting them at night instead, then you're much less likely to be risking this bycatch of seabirds. Yeah. So we have a lot of the solutions already in terms of, of the seabird bycatch, and they're actually being implemented incredibly successfully in some places. Um, so, for example, in Namibia, the use of these bird scaring lines has actually reduced seabird bycatch rates by about 98 wow. percent. Um, wow. And that equates to about 22,000 seabirds saved every year. So if these mitigation measures are used correctly, and that's the biggest issue here, is making sure they are actually implemented, um, then they can be very successful at, at turning these, these issues around and, and saving large numbers of birds. Right. It's hard to regulate people on the open sea in terms of what they're doing and versus what they, they say that they're doing. And it I know- is. It's, it's an incredibly difficult issue. And it's it's something that BirdLife are working on. We have an amazing marine team at BirdLife who are constantly working on tackling this issue. And they're experimenting things like um, putting cameras on boats so that you can actually check that, yes. that you know they are using these mitigation well, measures. So there are things that are, are happening to ho- hopefully improve these situations. And this is part of why, personally, I am happy to be vegan and try to buy organic plant-based foods, because also most of the crops that we grow are to feed farmed animals, and we don't need to eat the farmed animals in the first place, and so we could better utilize the land. Um, And then if we're buying organic, and if that was subsidized, then we'd have less chemicals affecting wildlife. So there's so many aspects um, (laughs) <laughs> to the agriculture and, and, and fishing issue there. Absolutely. Now, if you're just joining us on Radio Free Georgia, this is In Tune to Nature, and I'm host Carrie Freeman talking with Lucy Haskell, Science Officer of BirdLife International, about a 2022 report where she was the lead author, and it's called The State of the World's Birds. This report can be found at the website birdlife.org. It's got such beautiful images and so many charts and maps and infographics to make it easy to stay engaged and recognize the core findings and see how everything fits together. And I think kids can engage with the report, too, at birdlife.org. Lucy, uh, what about another thing was unsustainable logging and management of forests as another significant threat to bird life? And maybe this one's pretty more obvious to us. just briefly, can you tell us what solutions could be important for nations and citizens to urgently implement to protect birds from extinction due to logging and deforestation? Yeah, absolutely. As you say, this is a, a significant issue. Um, about two thirds of all bird species live in forests. So it's it's a really significant habitat for them. Um, one that we really need to make sure that we are protecting. Um, so some of the things that we need to do um, to accomplish that are conserving key sites um, that contain that forest. So one of the things that BirdLife does is identify important bird and biodiversity areas, which are these key sites for birds and other biodiversity. And many of those do um, include forest, given that forest is such an important habitat um, for birds. 
So one of the things we need to do is to effectively protect, safeguard and manage those critical sites for birds and other biodiversity. And that's a really good way of, of conserving not only birds, but also the, the ecosystems they're part of. Yes. And of course, the ecosystem services they provide as well, from which, yeah, which we all benefit. Reduce um, climate, the climate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we're, like, we're sort of tackling multiple issues at a time there. Right. Um, and then and also because the agri sometimes agriculture, whether it's palm oil or whether it's beef or um, crops for feeding uh, cows, are the drivers of like rainforest destruction, <laughs> um, which also affects climate change. And, then, and so all of these things affect the wildlife. Um, and so it's the it's where all these indicators that you mentioned kind of converge a lot of times. And so, which in some ways makes it easier for us because by tackling the climate issue, we also need to protect forests and, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of the things um, to do that we need to do to tackle the biodiversity crisis will also help with the climate crisis. So another thing we need to do, particularly with forests, is to restore and reconnect um, sort of the remaining fragments. Obviously, a lot of forest has been incredibly fragmented. So we have these little patches of habitat yes. that often aren't big enough to support the, the species within them. So we really need to work to, to reconnect those those bits of forest. Yeah. And obviously forests are really crucial for storing carbon. Um, and we do find that a lot of the places that are most important for birds and other biodiversity are these places that also store large amounts of carbon. So by restoring and reconnecting these habitats, we not only help biodiversity, but also hopefully help the, the climate crisis as well. Um, and we're we're running out of time, Lucy. But is, could you share just a little success story or just something positive before you also tell our listeners what they can do? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I know it can be a little bit uh, doom and gloom listening to all of this, but one of the really great things that bird life science shows us is that conservation action action really does work. So there was a, a recent bit of science published by BirdLife that showed that between 21 and 32 bird species would have gone extinct since 1993 without the conservation efforts undertaken for them. And that means that the overall extinction rate would have been two to three times higher. Whoa. So, you know, what this tells us is that these, these actions we've talked about, they work. We, we've got the solutions at our fingertips. And all we really need is the political will and the financial commitment to implement those solutions at scale and at pace. And that might be kind of where our listeners might be able to help with that. So if, if Lucy, for listeners who are interested in helping to implement some of the bird conservation solutions you all propose in the report, what are some of the most important things you'd recommend they do as concerned citizens and fellow earthlings? Yeah, so I think it, you can end up feeling a bit helpless when we hear about these things, because a lot of the things I've spoken about um, sort of need to come from the top down. They're things that we need governments and businesses to change. But there are definitely things that we as individuals can do to help as well. So there are more general things that you've already touched on about sort of making informed choices about what we eat, uh, the products we buy, the companies that we give our custom to. Yeah. Uh, I think educating ourselves and those around us about the importance of the natural world is, is something as well. Uh, something I think we all need to do more of is holding our governments accountable. Yes. So ultimately, each and every one of us will feel the impacts of this crisis if our governments don't take the necessary actions to tackle it. Right. So, and if it's not 
like voting in people who care about the environment or make that part of their platform, we're not going to get, we have urgent things that need to be done. And so like, you know, Bolsonaro in, in Brazil, like if you vote in people that are going to knock down the rainforest, it's really hard for individuals to do anything <laughs> if your leaders are anti-environment. Absolutely. So we, we can use that power of our votes to, to try and vote in the people who will make the right changes. Yeah. Um, and of course, you can also support your local conservation organizations. Yeah. Um, so BirdLife has two partners uh, in the USA. We've got Audubon and the American Bird Conservancy. And there's loads of ways you can support them. Um, obviously, making a financial contribution is one. But you can also do things like helping spread our campaigns through social media, uh, signing petitions, participating in citizen science projects to help us gather more data. So there's there's lots of things that you can do if you're interested. Um, and if you are interested in doing any of those things, you can find out more information on, on the BirdLife website, as you mentioned, birdlife.org, um, or our partners uh, have their own websites. Those are audubon.org and abcbirds.org. So you can find out more information there. That's those are good resources. And I also think it's also fun for kids to get involved as well. So that's absolutely. Yeah, they're our next generation of conservationists. So I think it's really crucial that we get them involved as much as possible. Well, that's the end of our show. But I want to thank you, Lucy Haskell, for being with us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. Uh, thanks for all you and your colleagues and millions of supporters do at BirdLife International to protect and encourage us all to protect these fascinating species and the places they rest and nest. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to In Tune to Nature, broadcasting every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time online at wrfg.org and on Atlanta radio station 89.3 FM. We post action items, news, and podcasts on the show's website, facebook.com slash nature. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of WRFG, its board staff, or volunteers. I'm one of those volunteers. I'm host Carrie Freeman, asking you to please support independent, non-commercial media like Radio Free Georgia. And remember to take care of yourself and others, including other species, like the birds, they need us to start being on their side. Thank you for listening. Cheers. <laughs>